Welcome to this edition of At The Mic. I'm your host, Keith Malinak. This week, I sit down with someone whose voice a lot of you around the country may already be familiar with. My guest is radio news and traffic reporter Nikki Whaley, and we sit down next. First, let's talk about coffee. Like the American Pride Roasters Ronald Reagan A Time for Choosing blend. You probably knew that before he got into politics, Ronald Reagan was a Hollywood actor. But did you also know that he was a sports announcer in the early days of radio as well? In the 1930s, Reagan worked at WHO Radio in Des Moines, Iowa. He would call Chicago Cubs games, but rather than being at the game, he would recreate the action from nothing but a slip of paper typed by a telegraph operator who was transcribing plays sent by Morse code. On June 7, 1934, with the Cubs and the Cardinals tied 0-0 in the ninth inning, with Billy Jurgis at bat and Dizzy Dean out on the mound, the line went dead for Reagan. So rather than lose his audience, he had to improvise. And so he came up with this imaginary streak of foul balls that lasted nearly 12 minutes until the wire came back. <laughs> that is impressive. Well, in honor of America's 40th president, American Pride Roasters wants you to know about the Ronald Reagan A Time for Choosing blend named after Reagan's historic 1964 speech by the same name. And much like that speech, this offering is powerful with a micro-lot blend of Colombian beans with a sweet and bold flavor with a dark caramel edge. As a roast, it is full city. So it isn't quite a dark roast, and it's perfect for the palate of the discerning coffee drinker in your world. Head over to aprcoffee.com and try the Reagan blend today. And at checkout, be sure to use promo code ATM, and you're going to get 10% off your entire purchase. That's aprcoffee.com. You're listening to At The Mic with Keith, an independent podcast production. Nikki Whaley is my guest on this week's episode of At The Mic. Nikki is a news and traffic reporter heard nationwide, maybe in your town. She's got a great story. She's also the better half of a Blaze co-worker of mine, Rob Borowski. Uh, his conversation was back in episode six. If you want to go and check that out over at atthemikeshow.com after you hear this one, which starts right now. Here's Nikki Whaley, this week's guest on At The Mic. Nikki is the wife of Rob Borowski from Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio and TV Networks. How do you put up with that guy? <laughs> <laughs> it's more like, how does he put up with me? Oh, all right, really? I mean, seriously. Oh yeah. no, we um, got a lot to explore, don't we? Oh yeah, I mean, okay. he's he's my rock. So oh, that's awesome. I couldn't I couldn't complain about him. I mean, you give me some time. Yeah. I will find something to complain about him, but right now, uh-huh. we're good. Right now, things are good. Okay, that's good. So you were born in Dallas. There's very few people that live here that were born here. Uh, that's the way it was for me growing up in Atlanta, quite honestly. So how does it feel to be one of the natives here? It's so overrated. I've wanted to leave. <laughs> I've wanted to leave Dallas, Texas, forever. Because I I was born in Dallas and I grew up in Forney. And back then, way Forney, outside. The- that's where we live now, yeah. actually. Uh-huh. But back then, it was just basically a truck stop, the strips for the 
antique shops that my grandfather built. Oh, wow. And just one subdivision and a cotton field. I mean, it was nothing. Yeah. No McDonald's. They had a city cafe <laughs> that was right next to a funeral home. Oh, wow. Which was weird because when I was growing up, I was like, what's in there? Oh. You know, you don't need to go in there. I'm like, see somebody, they're outside yeah. crying. And I'm like, it's okay. But dad grabs me, get over here. <laughs> oh my goodness. So you're talking about like you were right there at the. Oh yeah. It was like, up. it was like right beside it. Like you would, it would, I think it was called Sparkman. Uh-huh. Doesn't matter. It was just right next door. Wow. Oh my goodness. That had to be a little creepy once you figured out what was going on in there, right? Yeah, I think we had already moved by the time I actually figured it out. But, uh-huh. then, but then thinking back, I'm like, oh, my God, that's ew, 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 ew. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> yeah. You had some uh, later in life experiences uh, with funeral homes. Am I right? Yeah. I mean, we got to explore that. We're, we'll get there. We'll get there. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, like a, a recurring theme for you. So, all right. I could totally identify with this when you were growing up. Only child, Mm -hmm. much like myself. And every now and then, when people would ask me if I had any brothers or sisters, I would totally make it up. I'd be like, yeah, (laughs) I totally have this brother. And uh, in fact, I know this one time, I really pushed it to the point where I told him that when I came came back later that day, it was this new kid in the neighborhood, I would bring my uh, younger brother with me. And it was... uh, Basically a Cabbage Patch doll. <laughs> something, something like a, that. Not a My Buddy? Yeah. No, it wasn't a My... No, that was later. That was that was after my... You know, I was the Cabbage Patch generation. Oh, but, same here. Same here. Yeah, his name was uh, Sneaky Red Malinak. And, uh, <laughs> so anyway, so tell me, what, what were some of the things you told people in your life growing oh, up? Oh, man. I was, I was one of those that just did not... I would just... The amount of stuff that came out of my mouth as a child is right. just mind-boggling. Yours were... Much more elaborate tales than mine. Oh, it was bad. My father is still, to this day, tells the story about the time I went to first grade. I didn't have anything for show and tell. So I stood up and said, my father is gone to Schick Shagel, and he's now going for his two-week follow-up. I basically <laughs> completely recited the commercial. So everyone thought my dad was a pool cleaner, because I couldn't spell antique dealer. Oh, okay. They thought he was a pool cleaner alcoholic. Nothing <laughs> <laughs> wrong with that. Okay. But you had a story about a brother that you kept in the attic. Yeah, I was in... <laughs> everybody else around me had somebody else to draw beside them. And I was like, I don't right. have anybody. See, that's right. And I wanted a story. Exactly. But yours was a story. Yeah, they go, I didn't know... Nicole, I didn't know that you had a little brother. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's in the attic. He's in the attic? Uh-huh. They even called my parents. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Like, yeah, she uh, has a very good imagination. Uh-huh. Did you have a name or a backstory or anything like that for him? I think his name was Brandon. That's about as much as I <laughs> <laughs> put thought into it. That's awesome. <laughs> Your earliest memory growing up, you remember, what, going to the World's Fair in Knoxville? Oh, no, I wasn't able to. I Oh, I, no, you missed out on that. Yeah, I'm I sorry. was too young. I was too young because I was like, well, I'd be three at mm-hmm. the time. And I know that they were all getting in the car. They were all going to go. And I just chased after that car. And the people that were watching me did not expect me to do that. I mean, I made it a good ways down the road. Oh, my goodness. Right. But you weren't supposed to go, too. You didn't miss out on it because of this, right? But you have this memory of you running down the road. Oh, yeah. I remember chasing after them. And then Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I think he's, I don't know how he's related to me. I have no idea. Mm. Somebody on my mother's side, Mm -hmm. (laughs) he actually picked me up and carried me back. Oh, my gosh. 
Okay. And then I know that I got to watch Friday the 13th, which was really strange. I think, I don't know how I got to watch that, but I remember strange I know. early memory. Yeah. <laughs> Most people were like, yeah, I remember a dog attacked me. Yeah. I remember getting lost <laughs> in the mall. Yeah. I remember running down the road, going home and watching Friday the 13th. How old were you? Three. Oh my goodness. That's why I guess I don't have any problem with uh, horror movies. Probably started right there that yeah. day. Could probably mark that moment in time where you became desensitized. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so talk to me about how you ended up getting a high school diploma, although never leaving Dallas, Texas, from this diploma is from Fargo, North Dakota. Mm-hmm. How's that work? I was in boarding school and I came back and I was already so far ahead. There was no point in putting me with anyone else in my class because I was at least my, I would have been a junior. I was already a senior. So there was a place called Academic Achievement. It was over there off of 635 and Hillcrest and just a regular old office building. Okay. Some older lady named Dorothy Baxter, she operated it. And there was like two tutors. And you basically went in there and you would do either work from Texas Tech. There were just different schools back then. And you would just, you know, do it, put it, mail it off and get it back. I mean, I actually did typewriting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And this was back with... I had a typewriter. (laughs) I should... I I was so mad, though, because I didn't understand it. But I don't remember (laughs) taking it... uh, And I'm older than you. I don't remember taking it in a classroom setting, though. Well, there was never a classroom. It's just us, like, four people. Huh. And I know one person was a tennis player, a young tennis player. I don't know if he ever mounted in anything. Leanne Rhymes. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, no. Is that bad? Uh, uh, Yeah, we did Oh, you didn't get along with no. Leanne Rhymes? No. Uh-uh, no. Why? Tell, tell us the story about her. <laughs> I was one of those kind of really, I didn't put up with crap at that point. <laughs> and she was one that I would hear her yelling to the to the tutor going, oh, I don't need to do this. I'm going to be rich and famous one day. I'm like, okay, until you are, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she was right. Well, she was right. <laughs> she was right, but... She was just, oh, I just yeah. did not like her at uh-huh. all. I mean, and Dorothy just kept pushing me and pushing me. Oh, come on. You can be friends. No. <laughs> no. no. We just did not connect. Didn't get along, huh? No. So, I mean, that's an interesting experience. I've, I've never heard of school like that. Yeah. It was like, I think it's the first time they ever had something like that. It was just offered to, I guess, really gifted or, mm. in my case, Came from a situation where mm-hmm. I couldn't go back. I couldn't. I was so far ahead. I couldn't go uh-huh. back. But school really wasn't a good thing for you. Like you didn't enjoy it, correct? No. Yeah. So you just. Started... I was bad at it. I was really bad at it. Yeah. Well, I don't test well. How about that? <laughs> Me neither. Let's let's explore this though. You know, when when you were in this school, you still had a few peers with you, right? Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes there'd be no one in there. Sometimes there would be like three or four. Right. It was really come and go. Yeah. Which was strange. You know, I would get there at like maybe nine or 10 and stay till about three thirty or four or leave it two. I mean, mm-hmm. it depended upon whether or okay. not Fine. what I had to do the rest. But of the you day. had a few other people there. And one of them, like you said, was Leanne Rhymes. Mm-hmm. Did you ditch her at lunch one day? I was told that this was some sort of uh... yeah, I kind of, uh-huh. We got in a fight. And <gasps> I, uh, you just... got in a fight with Leanne Rhymes. <laughs> I bet you might be the subject of uh, one of her songs and we don't even know. Nah, she probably don't even remember this. It was so long ago. And I mean, <laughs> honestly, I would be surprised if she even remembered it at all. Okay. So what happened? Uh, she just pissed me off and I just told her, hey, why don't you go in and see if you can get some ketchup or something? And just boom. <laughs> and you just took off? <laughs> I took off. <laughs> I got back and Dorothy's like, where's Leanne? Uh, mm. My problem. <laughs> 
I don't know, man. She just she won't stay on the straight and narrow. I don't know. Dorothy, go find her. Oh, it was bad. Okay, so but you know you got to um into the workforce pretty early. Mm-hmm. What were some of the things you were doing? My dad was just determined. You know, you're not going to be a liberal. He used to actually. He's been. He was working on that even when I was a kid. Like if I would say something stupid, like, uh huh. Oh, we need world peace. He's like, you know, there's a difference between world peace and happiness. You know, there's places like dictatorships where people are living peacefully. Uh huh. Doesn't mean they're free. Right. And he would just ingrain this stuff into me growing up. Same thing with listening to talk radio. Oh yeah. I had to listen to it. I mean, it was just. If I tried to touch the dial, oh my god, <laughs> he was gonna slam on the brakes, and I was gonna get it. See, it's just amazing what they teach in college these days. Anyway, it's not mm. a bad thing to not go to college. I wish more kids would understand that. Yeah, that's the thing. Is you know, I, I think you and I are pretty close generation wise, where we were told, you know, hey, you've got to get an education, you've got to go to college. Yeah. Well, I mean, not everybody's cut out for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, my best friend, she went and got a communications degree. She's still paying it back. Mm-hmm. And then she went and became an esthetician. Oh, so many loans. I'm oh, just glad that God. I didn't. I couldn't get past the math. I had everything else done. Could not do the math. Yeah. I'm in the same boat with you as far as math. That's a, that's a storied, the knowledge about uh, my struggles there. But, I mean, I'm, I'm totally with you. And, and it worked out okay. But along the way... You know, you worked at Target, mm-hmm. right? Um, and you quickly moved up the ranks there. I did. Um, I was unique because I was the type of person, even though I was really young, I liked to work. I didn't really like where I started out, which was soft lines, because I have no form. Of, I, I do not have a touch of fashion at all. I have no clue. I look like I get dressed half the time in, like, the dark. <laughs> People would be like, does this go with this? I'm like, I don't know. Dude, I'm right there with you. I'm like, I, I guess. Uh-huh. <laughs> But you went through a period where you wanted to be a mortician. Was this a carryover from your uh, days growing up near the old funeral home there in Forney? Actually, no connection at all. Okay. My best friend hung herself when she was, uh, I think, 13 or 14 years old. And I was living at Utah at the time. So I didn't find out until after she was buried. Mm. And it really bothered me. And I wanted to do something to help people with that. Like I actually was one of the few people that went to the school, at least during that time when I was there that really wanted to help people. And then I found out really quick, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Cause I've unfortunately had to deal with funeral home personnel quite a bit in recent years with um, some of my own relatives passing away. And I can never get a good read on them. It's like, are you generally this concerned? Are you this nice? Or is it the fact that you're about to pocket thousands upon thousands of dollars in profit off of our misery? So I get this mixed feeling on, are these good people or what? What's your your experience with people that work in the funeral home business? Uh I don't want to badmouth morticians in general because, I mean, honestly, we thought the business was going to be booming. You know, that, that was the whole thought. Oh, yeah, we're getting into this. You'll be set for life. Uh, Baby boomer is going to stop dropping off. Uh, They're the ones that do not care about this stuff. They're like, just dig a hole, put me in it. If that was legal, mm. I'm sure that we could do that. Right. But there's like certain things that you have to do. And I wish. It's a racket. Oh, it's, it's expensive. Death why is I'm, a racket. The cheapest way to go, cremation. Right. I mean, otherwise. There's no point. I mean, Robert and I, we've discussed it. I mean, we don't have kids, so there's no point for a funeral or to be buried. And 
just cheaper anyways. I don't, and now that I know what they do, I'm like, ah, I don't want that to happen to me. <laughs> That's mm. just gross. It's mm. just, and believe me, there are certain things in life you just don't want to know about. Yeah, I can't imagine what it's like behind the scenes of a oh, funeral it's, home. It's awful because every funeral I go to, somebody's like, hey, did they do a good job? How did they do that? I'm like, it's fine. <laughs> it looks fine. Oh, boy. And if it doesn't, I'll be like, mm, that's not right. I, I don't. I, I, this may end up scarring some people listening to this. So <laughs> obviously we don't need too many details, but it's not pretty behind the closed doors of a funeral home, is it? No. Back there. It's just, I can't. Oh, God. Well, where I trained at was it was particularly bad, and I won't say where, but it was kind of like a assembly line type of thing because you had to have so many cases done in order to graduate. So the best place to do that would be like uh, a place that's owned by the county. So you would just do lots and lots of bodies. Well, there was one person that partially ran the place that had a really, really sick sense of humor. And mm. we would go in, turn on the light. There would mm. be some body just... Mm-mm. Posed. No. When it was a child, I just was like, okay, I'm done. What in the world? This is criminal. Yeah. They were just some Desecration? People... What? I. It just, I mean, it's just the <sighs> be, it was like a peekaboo factor. It's like, don't do that, especially with children. No. Because it's already dangerous to do it, period. Because, you know, <sighs> half the times you, you wouldn't know what they died from. Sometimes you would. I don't know if they changed anything since then. This was 2005. That was a long time ago. I, I just, I mean, I'm just sitting here thinking. These yeah. poor families, if they knew. Mm, yeah. Oh, my. But they're not all like that. There are some good people. There are. I mean, everybody I've unfortunately had contact with weren't. Like, uh, there was one guy that knew my grandfather who, my grandfather owned a lot of land in Forney. A lot. Mm. So he wanted me to come out. And he was trying to discourage me from going. And he kind of said that he was going to hire me if... If my uncle was going to give him some land, I'm like, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. That's that's not cool. He got in trouble a few years later, cremating humans and dogs together. What in the world? I know, I know. Mm. So, you, I guess, after experiencing that, I came to the realization that I was earning more money at Target uh, than I ever would have been in bombing, and I'd rather not risk my life because. It's complicated. There's a lot of reasons why they won't tell you certain things about how somebody died. You know, you know the basics. But if it was something, they called it like discrimination of the corpse. So sometimes you wouldn't know. Back then, it was just a red tag. So you're like, okay, oh my god, red tag. What is it? You know, you kind of look at the at you know the death certificate, going, okay. Sometimes they wouldn't tell you. And there's some things that do not die after. You're deceased. I mean, AIDS wasn't a problem, but for like drug abusers, that was scary. You, they usually had like a square cut right here on their like their arm in the mm. middle of their arm, and those you had to handle really carefully. And one time when I was trying to sew a body back up, my finger slipped. The needle went straight through. Oh, oh it was bad. I had, they had to stick my finger in like cavity fluid, which hurt. Then you have to go and get all these tests and all this blood drawn. I mean, it was embarrassing. They treat you like you're some sort of like whore or addict. And it's like, I'm sorry. I hurt oh. myself because you don't know what they have. No you kidding. Don't. I didn't oh. think of Oh, God. Oh, it was so stressful. And after that, I was like, I'm done. I can't. I can't do this. I mean, there were other reasons. I had some problems with people up there at the school. Uh-huh. You know, there were. 
I, I honestly believe at that point, and again, I don't, I'm not bad mouthing the school. It's just back then in 2005, mm-hmm. I seriously believe that they went to strip joints and other places and go, hey, do you have no morals, ethics? Would you like to consider a career in mortician? <laughs> Mortuary science, come on. Because we had like three strippers in the class behind me. Oh, no. Nice. I was just like, how does that happen? I, like I said, that was what, my theory. What, I was like, what a strange <laughs> career arc. It really is. Uh-huh. And, and they weren't doing the full mortuary science. They were actually going to be just funeral directors. But still, you're just going, wow, that's a weird jump. How did you? And some of them <laughs> yeah. were some of them were inspired by um, I think six feet under. Oh, okay, okay. But man, it was just I was like, this is strange. This is odd. And I didn't. I just couldn't. I couldn't do it. Yeah. It was just seemed like it was going to be a career that would really drag me down. And back then, I was dating on Match.com. So <laughs> believe me, every time he said, well, "What do you do?" Uh, um, I'm trained to be a mortician. Check, please. <laughs> wow. Oh my god. And I don't blame them. I mean, yeah. it is kind of creepy. No kidding. I mean, that <laughs> especially some of the things you've seen and of course experienced. Yeah. That I mean, that is oh my goodness. So 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 you go and you get uh, a job at Clinique, right? Yep, I do. And tell us about sitting in the parking garage uh, on a break one day cuz this is <laughs> this this is one of those moments and everybody's got them and Oh yeah. You know, that life changes uh, your trajectory, your your path completely uh, goes a different direction. Well, it's funny cuz I was you know, they wouldn't let us really take a break. I was a big smoker, so the only place I could go was to sit in my car. I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. Anyways, I can listen to talk radio wherever I'm at. So I was listening to Gary McNamara, okay. and he was like, now it's cool that I know him and that we're friends and everything. Oh, wow, cool. <laughs> but he, just listening to him, I was going, you know, I listen to this stuff so much. Uh-huh. I found out later I was known as a P1 because, I mean, I, yeah, yeah. I listen to Glenn Beck constantly. I, I've even got... Tons of old stuff. And tell people what P1 means if you're a talk radio listener or any radio listener, really. What what does that mean? I think it means that it's like you're the main person that they're shooting for. The one so, that constantly listens almost no matter what. Okay, yeah. So I think I think that means you just you're the kind of person that it's your preset number one on your radio in the car. Mm-hmm. So P1, you're a P1 because that's the that is your main channel, the main station you listen to. You're a P1. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would listen and I'd be like, you know, I, I didn't, I knew I didn't want to really be a talk show host. I hadn't quite made my decision on that, but I knew that I was so freaking scatterbrained that if I did something like that, I would have to have somebody beside me and, and get me wrangled in. Otherwise mm-hmm. I would be all over the place. Right. <laughs> it would just be absolute madness. But I started looking into it mm-hmm. and I got a hold of, I think I contacted Mike Gallagher's people who got me in touch with David Darling, mm-hmm. who was the program director at Case Guy. Nicest guy ever. I mean, I, st- I work for him now and greatest guy. He said that probably one of the biggest regrets he said he ever had was not hiring me then Aww. because of where I went. I mean, I went from like starting out, just being a board op, like overnight doing the crazy coast to coast AM to going to yeah. Carol D being a board op, and then See? from there jumping to traffic. And these are the opportunities that aren't, as far as I have heard, aren't really available to newbies coming out of college or never mind college, just at that age trying to get their feet wet in the business. I mean, that's what I did. I, I got out of college. I try, it's so Our story sounds very similar, in, except for the college part, right? I get out of college. 
And I call my favorite talk show host off the air uh, one night, and I talk to his producer, and he ends up handing the phone to him. And the next thing you know, I've kind of got an in at WGST in Atlanta. And where did I get my start? Running the board overnights for Coast to Coast AM. (laughs) And, you know, but now everything's so automated. And it's just like, how they were actually in the process of doing the automation. See, how do you get that experience? I don't know the answer to that. I was the worst board op ever. Yeah. But it was, was overnight, awful. right? Yeah. So who cares? And apparently, <laughs> somehow, I got blamed for a server catching fire. I swear oh, to that God. That sounds I, like something I would do. <laughs> now, that, now it sounds like... <laughs> like, I got blamed for it, and I was like, I was there. I mean, I do have a bad problem with PCs. I can destroy one in record time. Yeah. I mean, they should hire me. Like, the CIA to, sent me over To maybe test... Oh, just have me oh, mess oh, with sabotage, it. Sabotage. Uh, it wouldn't take countries. sabotage just like 30 minutes with it. And the thing will like have blue screen at death. See, see, see. Now, my mom's got a theory because I have a horrible track record with electronics myself. She thinks that maybe I have electricity yep. or something in me, you know? Mm-hmm. And because it's just every piece of equipment that I get around malfunctions, like you said, within a half hour. You probably do. Right. Believe it or not, that is a real thing. Okay, so hold on. Is this a Marvel type uh, superhero thing? Because listen to this. <laughs> L- listen to this. Because I've told the story on this podcast before about when I was, uh, well, old enough to know better, high school. I peeled the back of a, I just thought it was a cute little suction cup off the back of an old school, you know, vacuum tube, whatever, TV at my grandparents' house. It wasn't plugged in. I just saw the suction cup and I thought it was pretty cool, you know? And, <laughs> and anyway, I came to, you know, many feet away my back up against the the bottom of the couch. I don't know how I had wow. flown across the room. So is that stuff still in me? Do I have a superpower? You're Maybe probably you like, do too. You're probably like Jubilee from X-Men. Oh, yeah. I got <laughs> I to familiarize myself with that reference. But see, I must have something. Yeah? Something's going on. So you've got that power as well to destroy things without well, trying. It's, I, it's, <laughs> I'm not compatible with, with PC. I mean, yeah. I run one. That's how I ha- I work. But my husband knows I get really freaked out about it. I mean, I don't like to save anything on it. I just do my work and move on. And even now, it's like overloaded. And I'm like, why? I haven't saved anything on oh. this. I hate computers. So it's not the PC that you don't like to save stuff on? Like, it's PC. It's it, it, In other words, would you save it on a thumb drive? Oh, I do. I have, I have it on an external too. But for some reason... The C drive is filled up. Hmm. I don't know what, from what. Wow. <laughs> I have no idea. You break things. I do. Okay, all right. It's bad. So you're getting into radio there. What's the next step for you in your career arc there? Well, it's funny. It was because of Glenn Beck. Yeah. Whenever, um, he had first come and did, I think, his first show in Dallas. It was over there at off of Pearl Street. And I got to meet John David Wells. And he was the afternoon guy on Cliff. I talked to him, and he set me up with the program director to call them, and that's how I got in. It was pretty cool. That is cool. And if I hadn't been such a Glenn Beck fanatic, then... <laughs> so you got, when you say you got in, you got into a show here in Dallas back in 2012. Mm-hmm. And that well, I actually was... got it back in the... I got back in the... Because uh, he came here before then. Just as a show, like he was doing shows. Mm. Oh, oh, just yeah, his regular just, stuff. Not, exactly. his, not his big event No, 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 not him, not him moving here, but he was just here okay. in town. Okay. I even it. caught a t-shirt that said, Got Milk. <laughs> oh. It was signed. I was like, oh, man. That's cool. I know. That's cool. I've never met the man either. <laughs> what? I have not. Okay. I swear. It's funny. I know Robert told him, he goes, oh, my wife loves you, and mm-hmm. she's been following you for years, and he was like, well, 
Why didn't we hire her? <laughs> yeah, why not? What was the eh. answer? Uh-oh. Okay. Well. Never tried. Actually, I think I, I sent something to Stu once, but, you know, that was a long time ago. Huh. I doubt he read it. How are you at editing videos? Mm, my... <laughs> Look at Robin there. <laughs> Used to, I was so much better than him. Like, I started doing it much... I started using software. Really... How are you at waking up at uh, 3 in the morning or earlier? Uh, I already do that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. So tell us what you do now because you uh, do traffic and news. Yeah, I'm a news anchor. I used to be national, but that thing kind of fell apart. But I do uh, news for Chicago in the afternoon, mm -hmm. and that's on Salem Communications, which that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, and I'll also do it for Alabama, almost large swath of Alabama, actually. Wow. I think northern and central and again, the audience listening in Chicago and Alabama have no clue that you are sitting outside of Dallas, Texas doing yeah. this. How yeah, cool we... is that? <laughs> but at the same time, we're taking these opportunities away from somebody in those towns, right? Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm a scab. Nah, that's not what I mean. I'm just saying But that's that, what they call us. But, you know, hey, I'm kind of glad. Right. I mean, the technology allows for it, so why not? Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to live in Chicago. No. I don't mind doing radio for them, but I'm not going to move there. Even the guy that's a host there. Yeah. He, he like, lives in Florida. <laughs> do, do the, does the audience of Chicago, hello, breaking news, Chicago, uh, Salem Radio, ain't, ain't nobody you listening to is going to live in that town. I'm sorry to break it to you. So you do these reports from mm -hmm. the state-of-the-art studio that Rob Borowski has uh, created. Oh, my God. It's such right? a good studio. Yeah. So uh, he has set this up for you, and it, and it enables you to do this from mm -hmm. there. And so... Now I can even do live. I do two reports live for Chicago. Okay. 4.30 and the 5.30. PM. Mm-hmm. And the Alabama stuff is like throughout the day or? Alabama's in the morning. Then I have Louisiana, which is uh, New Orleans. Mm -hmm. I have two reports for them. Then I have kind of like the North Carolina. Do you I have like a chart on the wall that shows like the time and the city that you're talking to and what you're doing and everything? Because I just go to, I just mark it down my list. I would just be afraid that I'm doing a report for Alabama, but I'm accidentally talking about Chicago happenings. Oh, no. You couldn't, you couldn't no. mess those up. Really? Um, most of them in the morning are from one company and the others from another company. So you have to send them a different way. Okay, good. So there's a whole process. It's not just flipping the wrong switch. No, or I got no. you. Because when I was in Omaha and I was trying to get a job at with a company, I cannot recall just here on the fly, but my goodness, it was like a... What, what did you say earlier with the funeral home? It was like a... Uh, assembly line? It, it was assembly line radio is mm -hmm. what we can call it. Because it was... I remember this long hallway with about maybe six or eight doors on each side, which mm -hmm. were just really small studios. And inside you had a couple of computers. For those listening, just imagine, you know, uh, a computer that plays songs and com commercials. And there was a couple of those. And a microphone. It was a soundproof booth. Mm -hmm. And so in this booth, this guy here is recording today's afternoon drive for Boise, Idaho. Oh, yeah. And this door right here, this is Fred. He's uh, recording uh, the, you know, the night show uh, for uh, Poughkeepsie, New York. I mean, whatever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like, it's just literal. And, it, and it, it was fascinating, but it was also depressing at the same time. Because it's just like, man, you know, I mean, this is... 
this is cool since I live in Omaha and I'm trying to get a job, but man, do the people in these towns have any clue? Um, <laughs> that's the funny thing. Cause when I went to work for Metro, I sadly, I got the job of a guy that died. That's oh. how I got the position, which is very sad. Very you know what? Sad. I think it was Metro networks in Omaha. I love Metro. I might've been them there. <laughs> I did. I did work for them. I can't remember what building that was in. My brain is fried, but anyway, continue. They were, they were actually great. Now when they, yeah. when they became clear channel, uh-huh. oh my God, that was bad. Cause they moved <laughs> us to the main building and their booths weren't soundproof. Oh, no. I mean, you could have somebody just walk down the hall and you could hear them. But really what they wanted to do in the beginning at Metro was actually just put us in cubicles. That would what? not work. I mean, wait I, a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah, have yeah. you ever talked to a customer service sweatshops, basically, in India? Mm-hmm. And you can hear like 30 other customer service calls going on behind them? And they're talking normal. You know, most people, right. most jocks, they right. can't hear. And that was happening here? Well, that's what they were trying to do. And for a while, it, it did. they had to actually separate. They had a, one individual, Alan Ao, beside uh, some other chick. And you could just hear Alan, as soon as he started doing his report, blast it out. <laughs> that would have been me. That would have been me, and everyone would have hated me. Oh, it was bad. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I can't imagine trying to do radio and hearing some other DJ behind me. Now they they stopped that real quick. They, I bet. But he's great. He's a he's a legend. Alan is. That's cool. But I know one coworker, uh, Joe. He had at least four different names, and one of them, <laughs> I don't think he went by Joe at all. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. I'm like, what do you do? You just have to write that down. Somebody picked. Um, <laughs> I laughed the hardest at this. I think he was on an urban station. Okay. <laughs> His name was James Taylor. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> oh man! You know what? I, it, that's that's what's so funny about radio names in the business. I worked for a guy, Billy Shears. Uh, took that he lifted that from a Beatles song, and he was so great to work with at K Car Radio, Omaha, Nebraska. But the guy over at Metro, who one day they were they had gone through all of their traffic reporters, and like I'm the guy who would. You know, tell them what's happening on this traffic camera. Tell them what the police just said, right? Mm-hmm. I'm never supposed to be on the air at this station. And so I think they were down to their fourth string or me one morning. And he threw me on the air. And I thought, this is so awesome. I get to make <laughs> up a name. This is going to be great. And I came up with the name. <laughs> I came up with the name Heathcliff Sierra. <laughs> and the guy goes, no. He goes, what's your middle name? And I go, Thomas. And he goes, today you're Tom Taylor with traffic. And I just said, okay, whatever. All right. So I was, hey, everybody, okay, we got a stall on uh, on I-80 in the right lane as you approach the... No, were you nervous when you first did yours? Not really. Oh, God, I was. Yeah. And I screwed up so bad. I think I wasn't nervous because I just didn't care. I think he took all the wind out of my sails when he made me Tom Taylor traffic. Well, I, my first time being on the air was actually on the station that I loved. And still love uh, WBAP. Ah, nice. So I was just oh, so nervous. Yeah. First time. Hmm. Ongoing destruction on Woodall Rogers. Oh, nice. <laughs> hey, that's a good band name right there. <laughs> Ongoing destruction. I was like, uh, construction. Same thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was uh, bad. And, and Robert, I don't know if he's ever played for you the, uh, the Houston Symphony. <laughs> 
Oh my uh-uh. gosh, it's awful. Yeah. Like they sent me a spot. It was doing a Houston traffic report. There were no pronunciations at all. It was like the whole part of it was Spanish. Mm. You want to hear the whitest person? Oh, nice. Oh, it's bad. On April 5th, 6th, and 7th, join the Houston Symphony for Spanish masters, Rodrigo and Fala, Joaquin Rodrigo's Fantasia para un gentle hombre will transport you to 17th century Spain. Also experience the rich sounds of Spanish guitar virtuoso Pablo Sanz Villegas. That's one way you can tell when someone isn't local mm-hmm. is because they're mispronouncing suburbs or street names that you're like, bro, uh, here we, we call it uh, DeKalb County, Georgia, not the call the you know not the whatever but up in illinois it's dekalb yeah yes yeah so that's what i was trying mm-hmm. to say yeah so i mean yeah here in atlanta we call it dekalb county in illinois what do they call it dekalb see and and you can tell when someone is not there see and i had to i was doing atlanta traffic for a while so i had mm. to i had to memorize certain things like the spaghetti oh, you junction you should have called me <laughs> i could have walked you through everything I've, uh, I loved researching that that yeah, was fun though i, I think the last station i did was um i did san antonio I mean, not San Antonio, San Francisco, mm-hmm. and L.A. And L.A. was just a completely different beast. I mean, it's all the, on the, on the, on the, mm. before you would say the road. And it was cool. I mean, you mostly did flow. Mm. Like, each place I know that I was approached to do Chicago traffic, I'm like, I don't know how to do that. Oh boy. Same thing with up there in Washington, D.C., because in New York, Washington, D.C., big places like that, they don't do Oh, there's an accident. This is what's blocked. Hmm. No, it takes this long to get to here. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's completely different. Weird. It's going to it's gonna take you on the 405 or whatever. It's going to take uh-huh. you this long to get here. And I noticed they started introducing that probably right when we were switching from metro to uh, total traffic. And it was confusing because, I mean, even I think in, in Houston, they would do a lot of flow. Huh. And that's a whole different beast because when you're trained this whole time, mm-hmm. so for one, I never relied on a script. I mean, I I had, when I was in news, I had Mark Watkins going, no. Oh. <laughs> and then when I was in traffic, I had the best person for traffic. He, his name's John Scott. He literally looked like he was Magnum PI. <laughs> Hawaiian shirt, would go smoke his cigars. He fell asleep one day, just completely asleep. And I go, John. Oh, no. The computer's off. Well, it uh, looks like everything's going pretty good out there on the roadways. <laughs> That's just, a good way to I do mean, that. I mean, it's amazing. That is actually, <laughs> yeah, if you're unprepared or your computer goes out, just say everything's great. And then that person sitting in bumper to bumper traffic will go, oh, they don't know about this. Yeah, should, give us I a should, call I on the traffic tip online. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great idea. But he, I mean, when he, I saw him do that, I was like, wow, that's uh-huh. pretty smart. Mm-hmm. That's pretty smart to be planning ahead, and that helps so much. Because yeah. there would be times that over at BAP, they would have the actual system go down, so I'd be, like, printing out all this from, like, I can't even remember what news service we were using, but mm-hmm. I would print off all these stories just in case it went Wait, down. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> when you do traffic. Are you doing it live, or is it being recorded a few minutes ahead of time before it airs? Um, because I have a story with that. For some stations, <laughs> for for Dallas and for KABC, they okay. were live. They're live. Those were live. And okay. there was one in New York that I had to do live. 
But most of them, for the most part, are due like five minutes before they go on the air. Right, because what happens is that person that you're listening to while you're driving home and you're listening to your local talk station that's possibly a national show, right, and more times than not, they're recording traffic for, they have windows, right? Mm-hmm. You got to get your Omaha traffic in between 35 and 40 to the board op in Omaha. Between 40 and 45, you got to get that traffic report in for the board op in Charleston, South Carolina. And 45, and so on. And so you don't know when these national hosts are going to break. Oh, yeah, the floating break. Oh, my God. So the poor board op is getting this traffic report possibly at the very last minute because they were delayed down the line and so on. And then by the time it gets in the can and the board op is playing it during the commercial break, it could be a 10, 15 minute old traffic report at that yeah. point. <laughs> Sorry. And that's Sorry actually, to ruin this radio uh, program directors listening out there. Well, it's more so like that now. I mean, it's pretty loose with mm. the reports I do know. I still try to get them as close as possible, but they you can file them like 20 minutes How before. How many different stations in your typical day are you recording stuff for? For traffic, it's Louisville, which is a weird market. Wait, 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 wait. Louisville, Kentucky. You're not calling it Louisville on the air there, are you? No. Louisville. I don't say anything. Okay, I just, just, <laughs> just be careful. Just be careful. See, I know <laughs> that I will make a mistake like that, so yeah. I'm one of those that kind of avoids it. Like, if I see a story mm-hmm. and I can't pronounce it, and even though I listen to the pronoun, I'm like, you know what, screw it. I'm just going to move on. It's going to be very generic with the way <laughs> exactly. I approach this. In other words, if, it's, uh, if traffic is delayed because everyone is going up to the convention center for the Louisville Bourbon Fest. You just want to call it, yeah, everyone's slowing down, getting in the right lane for that Bourbon Fest. We you see, just avoid saying the name. It's weird when you think about it, though, that you would say the name because you're there. Yeah. So why do yeah. you need to tell them that where they are? They yep. know where they are. Yeah. That's so, good. See? Yeah, see, that's how I get away with Look it. Look at you. You've got the <laughs> mindset of a local. Well done. And I try to talk to it, try to address it like that. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to take you a slow roll, you know, expect a little bit of brake tapping in that area. <laughs> I I love this story. I want to hear this uh, because it made me think of Thomas Edison. When Thomas Edison was a little kid, I remember some story. I don't know all the details here, but somebody at the train station or somebody let him do his little experiments in a train car that he like darn near blew up. Okay. <laughs> something happened like that. Like he almost died or something. I don't know. It was a bad deal. And we would be sitting in the dark right now if that had happened, because he would have never invented the light bulb. No. Tell us about your mad scientist disaster <laughs> with a chemistry set. <laughs> Back then, I don't know if you remember this, but I remember you'd go to KB Toys or some other toy store. There would be like a whole aisle of like specimens in jars. Yeah, I didn't spend the... a lot of time on that aisle because... But they did. I yeah, mean, it was okay. it was weird because, you know, I mean, they were filled with like formaldehyde. It's like, wow. okay, really? A kid's going to take I totally this missed out on this. Yeah. Like, no. It, it was weird. I mean, huh. there was one that like you actually had jars. Most of the time they were like tiny little vials. But it but, had stuff in them, huh? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, back then, remember, they sold wood burning kits and all this other stuff. Yeah. So, I mean. They don't sell those anymore? No. What? I think you have to be really, I think you can this get it through society SD. is so sanitized. Oh. God. Okay. I mean, what? Growing up, we went. We like slid down the metal slides. Now, kids like slide down the little plastic ones. Gets static electricity. Yeah. <laughs> so when you would go to KB Toys, where I would, you know, be looking up at all the fun stuff flying above my head, right? You were over here on the chemistry aisle. 
I went down every aisle, but I wanted, I don't know why, I was just obsessed with wanting to become a mad scientist. So my mom will get sick and tired of listening to it. It's like she bought me a microscope and she's like, okay, well, maybe it'll be leave, leave it at that. Mm-hmm. No, 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 I want this chemistry set. I want this chemistry set. So she buys it. And of course it says, you know, have a parent with you to help you. So she helped me. So this is actually not on me. This is a misprint on their end. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Because <laughs> we followed the instructions yeah. perfectly. You tell me the story, and I might have a way for you to get rich. Go ahead. Yeah, we, such a long, I don't remember who sold it, but we were following the instructions, and Uh all of a sudden, it started bubbling up, and my mom and I were like, oh my God, so we go and throw it outside. Boom! (laughs) We don't, we're like, that's not supposed to happen. Oh, no. That's not supposed to happen. Oh, no. (laughs) So how big of an explosion, like, what would it have done in the house? Oh, it would have made a mess. Oh. It would have made a mess, but, I mean, it. The fact that it was bubbling up. And so how do you know this... it was a misprint then? Well, I mean, why would you do that? In other words, you followed the directions to a T. She actually was helping me. So that, that way we could say, hey, I, it wasn't on me. It was not on me. She was right there with me. Okay, hang on. KB's Toys? <laughs> I don't know where we got it from. Actually, there used to be a store over in Casa Linda that used to like sell science-y things. Really... There's a lawsuit here. There's a lawsuit here. <laughs> Hang on. Had to go back to like what 1986? Oh. Those play it's probably not even in business anymore. So listen to this. I found this from Mental Floss. <laughs> Eight dangerous items that used to be allowed in kids' chemistry kits. <laughs> Hang on. Oh wait, did you Oh what? Why don't I have this? Did your kid have a blowtorch? I don't think it did. Did your kit have iodine solution? Yes. Okay. Hang on to that. That's number two here. Uh, <laughs> sodium uh, ferrocyanide? Cyanide? About, it had just about everything. Yeah. Anything that you could put in that kit, it was in there. Radioactive uranium ore? No. I think they stopped letting that <laughs> stuff come out. I, I was reading about that. I was like, my God, I can't believe they sold people that. Three, I love this in quotes, very low level radioactive sources. Well, you can still buy that, apparently. Okay. Because after we watched the whole Chernobyl thing, and I've been wanting to go to Chernobyl more than anything. Oh, yeah. I was like, I'm going to order some uranium. And you can. You can huh. order it on eBay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's oh, like, wait. No, I saw that. It's very low level. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. I wonder if it's still a thing. Yeah. Well, I, I, I joke with Robert because he's got this one friend who works actually. I can't get over you calling him Robert, by the way. Because, I mean, he's robbed of us here eh. at the place. I normally just don't even call him by his name. Like, hey, babe. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, get over here. Honey. (laughs) Hey, the cat's on my laptop again. Come and get it. Uh, Get your derp. Okay, so hold on. But potassium nitrate, copper sulfate, calcium uh, hypochlorite. One of these had to have, you know, explode. Just it was anything that was allowed back in the eighties. It was in this kit because it was it was a very professional kit. My mom, my mom never spared the expense. That's she great. always if she's gonna get something, it's gonna be top of the line. So yeah. it had stuff in it. I, <laughs> it was crazy. I mean, the stuff they used to let us play with was crazy. I mean, the creepy crawlers. I mean, when you think of the original set, it was just metal plates. What was that? Hang it on. was because you were just molding plastic. Oh. And then the easy bake oven, you know, oh, you yeah. always had a cousin as stupid as mine that would put other stuff into the oven. It's just a light bulb. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that is awesome. <laughs> Two 
stupid cousin like I had. Oh, he was bad. He almost burnt down a log cabin up there in Gatlinburg. Because he decided to put some sort of plastic thing like up against a light bulb. We like start smelling smoke. I'm like, ha ha, he did it. I didn't. Wow. <laughs> See, I'm just accident prone. I, I and, and I had an accident prone childhood. It sounds like he was looking for trouble. He just did things that were just odd. Great cousin. Love him to death. Awesome. Why did you hang up the idea of becoming an actress? Mm. We went to, uh, my best friend and I went and actually did one of the tryouts. And I wasn't even close to being considered. I was just written off first. I was like, okay, well, that's fine. Uh-huh. Maybe I don't want to do it anyways. <laughs> you say, you say uh, you're too socially awkward and shy? I am now. Isn't that the best kind though? I mean. I was so skinny. I mm. was so thin back then. They automatically were trying to send me to Kim Dawson, the modeling agency. Mm. But I was too short to do what I wanted to do. Like, I wanted to be runway. I'm mm. like 5'3". <laughs> okay. But I did, um, speaking of stuff like that, my mom always thought I should get into either modeling or acting because of the crap that I would pull. You know, she would lose me in a store. And I would be standing there right beside the mannequins and just hold that position. Scare the crap out of people, man. <laughs> <laughs> you could go to like some touristy area and just stand there and maybe, here's what you do. <laughs> Hold on. I'm trying to think here. I saw some guy on a Instagram video the other day. That's how he hid from his family. It was like standing right in the window. I, it was hilarious. He wow. actually did look like the dummy. It was like, I'm telling you. That's a great idea. There's something there's something you could do with uh, that skill of just standing <laughs> person perfectly still. But you've got to reveal yourself at some point because you got to get people to throw money into your little hat there. Well, usually whenever they start touching you, you're like, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Okay. Well, you should think about that. And there might be something there. You list your mother and Mark Watkins, who you mentioned. Yeah, the- Robert goes, that's really weird that you put my mother, Mark Watkins. I was like, okay, I'm sorry. I guess the case of well, you can have punctuation. A- Mark Watkins is not my mother. No, it, sa- it says my mother and Mark Watkins. Oh, okay. and that's the corrected one. Yeah. Because oh. mine still says it. <laughs> no, it, as, as the two people that have the biggest impact on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's great. Um, yeah, without Mark, I would not be what I am. Because he was the only person that... I mean, if I hadn't worked with him, because how I got into WBAP is I would go up there and I would sit with him on a shift. And I would sit there. He would start a shift about 1130 until about 730 or 8. And I would sit the entire time. I was not hired, was not paid, mm. but it was worth it. Yeah. Because he would have me practice. And then he'd go, all right, what did you do there? Uh, Don't do it again. And he would, he would point it out. And I mean, mm. it would hurt. But at the same time, it would actually go off in my head. You know what? Mm-hmm. It would sound better if I didn't sound like I was reading a script. And that's what helped me so much. He goes, always know your story. Always know it. Know as much as you can about it. Because if you look over mm-hmm. and you're sh- and you're short, you can start regurgitating it. And, and you're talking to him. And you're connecting with him because you're talking to him like you're a human being. Not like, well, there's one person. I'm not going to say who, but... <laughs> Let's just say they can cram five stories into a report and it's like a micro machine. It's like, what did you just hear? What? What? Right. right. (laughs) And also, if your computer goes out, Mm -hmm. have a piece of paper, you know, uh, and and let's just say to his point, let's say you have neither the 
paper script or the computer in front of you, you can at least wing it. I'll tell you what bugs me that I learned in college. This is, <laughs> this is all I remember from college. No, um, one of the things that one of the things that I remember learning in college was hanging leads. Mm-hmm. Don't just hand it off to a soundbite because if that soundbite doesn't play, then you sound like an idiot. Because, and what I mean by that, if, if you're listening now, what's a hanging lead? It's if I'm reading a news story and I say, and the president said this, Ooh. and then there's dead air, you're like, uh, uh, he, uh, what, he said that uh, 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 they're going to continue to uh, uh, fight terrorism, right? Whereas instead, <laughs> instead, if you say the president said they're going to continue to fight terrorism. Well, if the sound bite doesn't play, then you don't sound like a complete idiot. Or if it's that, or if it's really bad quality. Or bad quality. Or something. I had one of those recently. It was but, so bad. I he said, <laughs> right? but, but, but I am stunned, stunned when listening to national news on the radio, national news. I hear these professionals that constantly not only use a hanging lead, but get burned by whatever faulty equipment they have. It happens, by the way. It's on the Fox News top of the hour every morning. <laughs> it's literally every every two weeks I'll hear something screw up like that. Anyway, it's fascinating that they don't learn their lesson because this equipment fails on a regular basis. It's it's ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, okay, so... Uh, they don't have Rob. If they had Rob, they, they would have... They don't have Rob. It's true. save the day. It's very true. His equipment, my equipment is better than probably anybody's. Yeah in dallas well rob rob swings in uh to the rescue on pat gray unleashed all the time i mean the guy is in there doing uh, above and beyond he all is, the time he is amazing He's people that have him that they're very lucky very very lucky i agree completely <laughs> and totally it's nerve-wracking sometimes to to do the news i mean i was thanked whenever the supreme court decision came down on that friday because i was actually one of the few that actually that would present it both sides, mm. not just hysteria. Mm-hmm. And I had uh, the guy from Chicago and uh, David say, thank you. Thank you for doing that. Uh, I mean, that's a difficult thing, but sure. when you've got people saying that presenting things that aren't true, mm-hmm. or if you actually have somebody saying something in a sound clip, that is an outright lie. Instead of calling it a lie, say they misspoke mm. or present the other side, you know, try to tell them, okay, this is actually what it truly is and just break it down because it i don't have a position that's the way you're supposed to be right you're supposed to just deliver the news it's almost like you're you're an announcer at a sporting event and you don't care about either team it's not like that now though i mean i send i send rob stories all the time i'm like i can't believe that they write this stuff i mean it's just (laughs) anything that has to do with trump everything it's just attack 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 anything that has to do with the opposite side they don't even try to present facts. No. It's just statements. And, and I'm like, how can they do this? this it's is, honestly. It's editorializing. I was about to say, it's almost like you have to scroll back up and go, wait, am I reading an op-ed? Mm-hmm. I thought this was just going to be a news story. Yeah. So let's talk about you and Rob. And I don't know if you do want to talk about this. He alluded to it in his conversation with me. I don't know, what were you, episode eight, Rob? Somewhere in there. That number's <laughs> jumping out. It's it's early on in this podcast. He held up a finger. I don't know what. Whoa. <laughs> what, what, babe? <laughs> Hold it up again. Is eight? Are you number eight? Was he eight? I don't know. It, six. Six. Number six. <laughs> okay. So Rob Borowski, your spouse, episode six of At The Mic. 
do you want to get into the discussion of you guys struggle with getting uh, yeah i don't i don't mind i mean I just hate that for you because you guys would be such great parents it's tough it really is it's really tough especially right now with the whole uh topics that are going on I yeah. mean, people are saying things on twitter that are just unbelievable like somebody tweeted towards me and i don't this was actually a setup attack because if you look at my tweets i don't really post much stuff yeah. that's nothing controversial or about myself oh okay so for them to actually know that i was infertile they'd have to go way way back in my timeline to find anything like that and they're like you know these families should work on things instead of letting infertile people play hero I'm like, whoa. I just immediately blocked him. I'm like, I'm not going to reply to that. That's right. a setup. Because nowadays, a lot of people, they will tweet stuff to set you up. Oh. Because it shows yeah. that I'm a news anchor. They're going to try to find the company oh, and get no. me fired. See, that is... People see, are bad about that. You know what? That's a great point. Let, let, me, let me address that for a moment, and then let's get back to this. But I just want to point out, that is something that I think that I take for granted in my role which, in other words, at the mic is my hobby. This is where I don't talk politics as a rule because it's an escape. I am so fortunate that I have this outlet, but I also have the other outlet where I can be very opinionated on Pat Gray Unleashed. I can not live in fear of my politics being known because that's a, it's an opinion show mm-hmm. over at Pat Gray. So I am very fortunate in that I have the best of both worlds but i you pointing out that you're a news anchor and someone trying to mm-hmm. in other words you drag me out into an opinion thing it's not a big deal i mean that's that's yeah, my job that's you know? your job but i mean for me oh my god but it's funny like yeah. i i even tweeted that's you gotta know, take restraint on your part it does i usually just scream and yell <laughs> oh. robert has to listen to it but and sometimes he has to remind me hey you need to remember your reputation uh-huh because I'll get so ticked off. That's why yeah. I, I tweeted something about, you know, shame on you uh, for presenting tweets that are misrepresenting uh, uh-huh. just bad. Because uh-huh. I noticed a couple of people that are affiliated with the news here in Dallas. Mm. They were just posting stuff that was outright lies. Just, I think that's so irresponsible. Yeah. You should not do that. I mean, but because they're on that side, I mean, it doesn't matter what side I'm on. That's a thing. Mm. You're not supposed to know. If I want to tell people, I will. Otherwise, but you have to be so careful because people—they're—they're vicious. I mean, they are yeah. vicious, and it took me years to get to where I am. And I'm not going to let some crazy keyboard hero that probably lives in their mom's basement or just you know very unhappy individual to do something like that. But see, yeah, because even if you want to fight back, which just before you sat down here, just before you guys walked in for this. There's a guy who tweeted something out that I, I was literally, when you walked in, in the process of thinking, I wonder, this could be fun, you know, because he's totally trying to start something. And then part of me was like, eh, I don't have to. I could ignore him, not give him the pleasure of thinking that he got under my skin. Because it's not an under my skin thing. It's just like, you know what? Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm sober. <laughs> I could do this. Anyway, so uh, I, I'm still deciding if I'm going to do this. But yeah, that sucks. That's difficult for you. I can totally see that. And so I take for granted my ability to either be, hey, I could let it go, or hey, yeah, I can totally roll up my sleeves in this fight. So it wouldn't help me. Yeah. I mean, to 
I retweeted one tweet because it was just absolutely just ridiculous where somebody said, oh, for all pro-lifers, you should uh, adopt four children. My husband like responded to that. That's like saying for all people who want illegals to come in, you should adopt, <laughs> you should bring in four illegals. Because <laughs> then I engaged and said, you know, if I could, I would adopt four. Mm-hmm. But the adoption process is extremely, that's, extremely difficult. That's it's, the it's other bad. side of being pro-life. Then you have to also be willing, and I think many would, this adoption process has got to be streamlined. Because I think I saw something the other day that said it was 40 to 1 parents who want to adopt to children available. Okay, well, if we're going to have more babies being born, then make it so that these parents can adopt. And I know you guys have had struggles um we've thought about it but it's just we've known too many friends that have gone through the foster to adopt and they'll have a baby yeah. and then it'll be taken away taken away from them right and um i think he told me late uh, another story where a judge actually made a really bad decision and put a child back into a home with a mother who's a drug addict mm. and didn't even want the kid that's sad. I mean, you you open your life, your you know everything, and, and you know that's not good for the kid. Mm-hmm. And and you guys have tried to conceive, and it's just not something that's uh, in the cards for you, huh? Yeah. At least it's something medical that I I, I mm-hmm. mean I don't exactly like how it came down. I mean yeah. it's it's never good when a doctor says in my thirty years of practice I have never seen oh, <laughs> like oh goodness. great. <laughs> Yeah, I'm afraid. Right. Thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah. That's just a common thing with me. But that was, that sucked. I, I don't even know what it, it is that I have. I just know that it's very rare. Mm-hmm. And it usually hits women that are like 60, 50, 60. Because when we were in the ER, mm-hmm. one doctor goes, oh, maybe it's, oh no, she's way too young. <laughs> and it was. Oh, wow. Whatever it is. Cause, and it sucks because we actually, we tried to treat it. Um, in the beginning, we thought that we could. And what it is is I have a tumor in my uterus, and it's about the size of a softball. Yeah. And I've been sick for a while. I can't even remember when it, when I started feeling sick, but it just seems like I mean I could say from when we got married, but no, I think <laughs> it a year or two afterwards when we were actually starting to go through the whole uh, fertility doctor right. thing. Is that how they discovered what was no. going on in there? No. no, it took me going to the ER and getting recommended to this one doctor that he actually found it. It took a really specific type of CT uh. or ultrasound where it did a complete around that, that he found it because it's just, it's weird. It's in the wall. Mm. It's not like normal tumors, how they'll stick out. It's it's like Emotep. It's in the wall. It's itself. literally just blending in. There. He's never seen anything like it. I mean, we saw pictures of it. It's just unbelievable. So, okay. Um, and then correct me if I'm wrong here. If I have my facts wrong, I apologize. But almost like the cure for that ended up oh, yeah. destroying you. Yeah, it's pretty much, yeah, it has. Oh. <laughs> it. We thought that, we really thought we had a chance. And I wish we hadn't done it now, but at least we can close the door on it knowing that we tried. Yeah. I just don't like the drugs that I had to be on because it just devastated me. I wasn't in good health anyways. Mm-hmm. And the way to treat it was to give me... Very strong medicine. One thing that would shut down my ovaries, which is really bad. And then advanced breast cancer treatment to shrink the tumor. Oh. Well, it shrunk it, but there was no way to remove it. Like once it was all said and done, he goes, no, nah, I can't get it out. It's like, it would take your entire wall right there. It wouldn't go back. Wow. 
I was like, oh man. Because I mean, I was in really good shape aside from feeling bad and bleeding all the time. Mm -hmm. But you know, I was like a healthy weight. When I got started taking that medicine, it just hurt my bones. I couldn't move, I felt bad. I'm still trying to bounce back from it. I mean, it's it's hard. I mean, putting on, I put on at least 50 to 60 pounds in such a small period of time mm. that it just overwhelmed me. I could barely move. Wow. I, it was bad. Well, so. let's, uh, let's talk about you and Rob's little zoo there. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know that in the course of your life, you know, you've had multiple cats <laughs> multiple cats um dogs a couple turtles four fish named after the monkeys that's cool a, cock- <laughs> a cockatiel uh, named uh, rc and a baby alligator named fred oh my gosh what happens yeah. when the baby alligator grows up though that uh, was the problem actually oh, it, no. it got a little bit too big and we tried to take it back to the pet store They're like no that's a female no 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 we can't so oh we, my we let it go actually out in kind of like a little swampy area one day my mom wakes me up friends alive i'm like what <laughs> i went downstairs and i looked on the tv an alligator is discovered outside of san marcus it's rather mysterious of how it got there <laughs> oh no it's not <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness oh i know it was Wait, cool that she lived fred was a girl <laughs> i think that's the breaking news here so uh so somebody else had to capture him and uh, her oh, yeah. take care of it. I think she was like full size. No, no. <laughs> Cuz it'd been quite a while. Yeah, hang on a second. <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. I was just trying to see if there was a news story <laughs> <laughs> on the old internet. Okay, so how many cats do you guys have now? We have 3. Okay, and what are their names? Well, I guess I'll say their full names. Uh <laughs> I know cuz he Rob did this uh He probably his I think he told y'all yeah. their full name. They're they're quite lengthy. Yeah. The one that is the anniversary cat, or the wedding cat, is Satsuka Gintugi. <laughs> we named him after our favorite anime, Gentama. Uh-huh. And it's funny, though, he actually <laughs> reminds us of another character okay. that we should have named him instead. Uh-huh. But he's a little Japanese bobtail. Awesome cat. I mean, mm-hmm. really crazy. I mean, he's, he's a klepto. <laughs> I even posted a picture on Twitter the other day where he was trying to steal the bubble wrap to take it under... I mean... If there's something missing, odds are he has yeah, it. Yeah, I had a cat like that. I know exactly what you mean. He was walking around with like an actual, I don't know how he got it, one of those LED bul- bulbs in his mouth. What? I'm like, where did you get that? <laughs> <laughs> I've been exploring, Mama. I don't know. What's I don't know other? where he got it. What's the other kitties? Uh, let's see. Then there's Rob's kitty, which is... <laughs> yeah. What's that? We call mean? him the derp. We call him the derp. Okay. He's a big, giant uh, ragdoll Siamese. His name is Ryoga Hibiki. That's from, uh, well, my my cat that I um, had since I was a senior in high school, mm-hmm. Rama. The show that he was on, Rama One Half, his rival was Ryoga Hibiki. Ah, so I wanted to continue, since cool. it was a Siamese, I wanted to continue okay. it. Yeah, that's cool. But actually, he ended up, his name ends up being Yo-Yo, which makes sense because he yo-yos back <laughs> and forth between him and I. He, oh. He's not like most Siamese where like they hate everybody else but one person. Really? He likes me, and he likes I didn't him. know that. Yeah. That's oh, really, yeah. Yeah. Okay. They're really like that. I mean, they're very choosy. Hmm. Very choosy. And then we have Mimi, and she's <laughs> named... Hatsune Miku. So if, <laughs> if, um, how do you get people, Mimi out of that? 
Well, because there's actually a program. It's a big thing. I knew there would be a, a Hatsune reason. Miku is actually the thing that some Japanese guy married. It's uh, as a hologram. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. It's just the one that they, it's the software that, that actually it's it's like a voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's falls in love with this uh, hologram <laughs> thing. But the sad, the tragedy in all of that, and it's a total 2022 tragedy, is that the company that created her mm-hmm. went out of business, and now he can't get a software update, and she Aww. doesn't talk to him. Now speaking of anime, though, you used to uh, edit and create anime music videos. Oh yeah, that was like, a big. Where, where would line. we see your work? Oh, it's it's on YouTube. Oh, cool. Yeah. I started doing it back when the internet was really, really young. I mean, it yeah. took like hours to oh. like, da- or days to download just like a one or two minute video. Mm. And I just started cutting up and I had a real knack for taking images and rendering them, just trying to emulate different openings. Back in the day, if you watched anime, there was a company called ADV. Okay. And they were the main one. So they would have this video before it would start. And it was all the different ones that they had, but it was set to a beat. So it looked like they all flowed together. Okay. And that was how they advertised. So I was like, I can do that. I can do better than that. So I just did. I mean, I started working on it and I had stopped for a while. And then around 2004, I started using my Mac. I found this one creator i think it was called videator it's nothing complicated like what they have now but i i managed to pull out some pretty amazing stuff for back then but i can't even i look at the stuff that robert's doing i'm like i don't have a i don't know <laughs> mm-hmm. that is completely different yeah i'm yeah. too old now I'm, i look at that i'm like eh, no <laughs> i don't want to learn it <laughs> so what's the deal with you and pearl jam though <laughs> <laughs> It's funny. I think about a year ago, I started getting obsessed with them again because they were they were like my favorite group growing up. Okay. Um, and to prove that, <laughs> Robert and I were watching a video that my dad had actually had gotten from some sort of VHS or something. And I'm even say in the video, I love you, Eddie Vedder. I love you, Stone Gossard. I hope you marry. I'm going to marry you. I'm going to marry you. I was like, oh, my God. I was wearing a Pearl Jam shirt uh-huh. tucked in. Ooh. Ooh, that doesn't sound like a good oh, look. Oh, God. But that's how the style was back then. Yeah. I mean, if you look at what yeah. they look like, I mean, they've got their shirts tucked in. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the high-waisted, oh, man. Well, okay. And I always wanted to see them. I always did. I got to see Nirvana because I snuck out. And you I got... snuck out to the concert? Yeah. My dad did Was it worth it? Yeah. Last one. That was their last show? I think it was the last one... I don't know if they came again, but that was the last time I would have ever had a chance to see them. Mm. We had my mom had tickets for me to go to Pearl Jam, yeah, because I got caught. Nope, I didn't get to go to Pearl Jam. Oh, I know, Man, I know. You were rebellious. I was. My dad actually like actually screwed my windows shut, bolted them. <laughs> wow, that's pretty bad. Huh? But I love Pearl Jam. I still, I don't. <laughs> I get it. They're, you know, honestly. <laughs> I think my dream is to just go and just yell at Eddie Vedder at this point. Uh. I, I don't know why. I just, it's a bucket list and it makes me so mad because, I mean, I'm constantly going off about him because you can't buy any of the merch. The uh. tickets are unbelievable. And I'm like, is this the same group that went and fought Ticketmaster? You guys mm. are worse than Ticketmaster. Mm-hmm. I mean, the tickets are unbelievable. Preach. Unbelievable. Right? Yeah, I'm just sitting here thinking. So hypocritical. The one time I snuck out. It's from my grandparents. I lived with them my senior year. It's because I had to have Arby's. 
<laughs> I think it was five for five dollars. I literally had to, and there was a holly bush right under my bedroom window. <laughs> These things are sharp. Anyhow, uh, yeah, well, it's good music, but you're right. A lot of these bands, a lot of these celebrities oh, so end up standing with the thing that they used to preach against. I don't get it either. I mean, honestly, it's not like anybody's going to fault them for their success. But, you know, stop acting like you are down with the struggle. Like, mm-hmm. one, his, uh, Eddie Vedder released an album recently. It's called Eddie Vedder and the Earthlings. He's got this one called The Haves. I'm like, oh, you're writing about yourself? No. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, the guy is super rich. He has a he owns a house right beside Barack Obama <laughs> in 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 Hawaii. Yeah. And yeah, he's down for the struggle. Down for that struggle. Keep it real, baby. Oh, you see on Instagram, it's hilarious because <laughs> they actually have to like limit the, the posts that you can comment on because and they'll have to actually repost it because people still start lighting them up and be like you know what shut up what's wrong with y'all what why are you doing this y'all are all rich uh-huh you know hey we can't afford this we can't hey riding with biden that really got us someplace you know what i mean mm-hmm. they just wow and it's funny to watch it too right so tell us what's in your uh apocalypse bag Ooh, when i still had one what you think we're uh, you don't think we're in the clear no, I just don't leave the house. Everything's okay. like right there. Oh, it's funny. I do have one and I take it upstairs with me to go to work. <laughs> Which is crazy. I'm still in the house, but it's like I want to have everything huh, right, with me. Right with you. Huh? Yeah. So it's like cords, cables, chargers. Ah, smart. Yeah. Anything that I can think of that I would need. Okay. Anything. I mean, not it's... food and water or. Yeah. It... Usually, I can usually charge snacks. My phone. I might starve to death, but man, I'm going to be able to play Fruit Ninja. Got weapons. <laughs> Now actually, the talking. bag itself was a weapon. I now mean, you could talking. actually just you know hit somebody with it and hurt I like them. It. I like that. <laughs> okay, who told you? Because I was scarred by this movie. I already didn't like spiders. Oh god! But when I saw Arachnophobia, that sealed the deal. Who told you it was a comedy? They ran it in the comic books, man. What? Yes. Oh my gosh! I think I've even still got the comic. It was either in an Archie or a Power Pack comic. It. It was a comedy. They show it. Oh my God! We I should went. have never watched that movie. I should have gotten up and left. I was. I should have. But I was too young. Yeah. And the worst thing about it was when my cousin and I we went and saw it. We were already like freaking out and right. chair going. Oh my God! Oh my God! So we go up to Nana's and she lives up there in Little Elm. Back then it was nobody. She she had a house. We called it the House on Stilts because mm-hmm. it was a lake house, elevated. Normally when you go to sleep you'd kind of Care, you know, be careful you with would... this description. Because I've got to edit this, and I hate spiders. In fact, I am so scarred by that movie that whenever I see something that could be so funny and 180 degrees removed from the movie Arachnophobia, (laughs) but when I see John Goodman, it could be the funniest bit ever, I am transported into that house where he's trying... Really? Oh. He wasn't even in it that long. That's what was crazy. It's like they advertised him and gave him like top billing. He didn't show up to the very end. No. Oh, it was a terrible movie. Oh, my God. We went up there. We had to go to sleep at Nana's house. Most people would be looking on the wall. Oh, it's just your imagination. No, they were there. There were actually spiders. Like, we stayed up taking turns going and trying to kill them. Oh, it was awful. Awful. I hate spiders. Yeah. So, I killed one of them over at TM. Robert still laughs that I did it. I, I like lit it up with uh, a with like a blowtorch. I'm not I, 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 okay. I am trying hairspray and lighter. Yeah, I am trying to. I'm trying to Google this without seeing images. 
but but I found this story. Ugh, I'm trying to cover some of the pictures here. <laughs> it says arachnophobia changed the way I take showers forever. <laughs> okay. Or just eat popcorn. Oh, because that was one of the scenes. Somebody was eating popcorn and put it in their mouth. Ah! <laughs> See, I. <laughs> Why am I? I should have skipped this. I should never <laughs> brought this up. But you know what really did it to me was long before this movie came out. And it was I gotta stop reading this article. I was <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna talk about something in the movie, but I'm gonna just end up hating myself even more. But I will say this. I remember I was eight years old, long before arachnophobia came out. And we were eating at a restaurant and I had a little was it two pints? What are those little little mini chocolate milks? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, like a Court. I don't know. I, don't know. I this can't is, remember. This is our public education so time. The little tiny milk cart. Yeah, the little tiny milk cart. We'll just call it that. <laughs> Dear heavens. And it was chocolate milk. And I just drank straight from the carton. Oh, dear God. You did not. Oh. <laughs> it was game over. Oh, my God. Somewhere in, in 1984-85, somewhere in there is when... Uh, well, it sounds like it was game over for the spider, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he no, he was he was already help me. Lord. How am I gonna edit this? How am I gonna do this? How am I gonna do this? Have you ever had th- fears that you actually tried to conquer? I've I've had that. I um, do. Th- I am insane about okay, that. So irrational fears too. Irrational. There's no way that it would happen to me, but yet I would force myself to just learn everything about it. For me, it was an electric chair. I was terrified. Wait, did you try to electrocute yourself uh, no. in a chair? <laughs> no. Actually, I studied about it. My dad was an ass. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he knew I was afraid of it. And he took one chair and put it right over near where the nightlight was and draped a belt around it. So I wake up. I'm like, <laughs> oh, no. Like, what is wrong with you? Why would you do that? No kidding. But wow. yeah, I, I researched something to the point of where it's just I'm no longer afraid of it. Mm-hmm. And that's good. I can't do that with spiders, though. I, give them no. I don't even like the word. No. I don't like the word. Nope. Okay, cotton candy is a comfort food. <laughs> is uh, pink or blue taste better? Mm, pink. Okay. The Fletcher's corny dog. Yeah, is that? Times. Yeah, I need to try that. Um, oh, they're so good. Yeah. Uh, Only reason really to go to the fair. Uh-huh. Is there a reason, though? <laughs> okay. I mean, that, now, you want to talk about overrated. It's any state fair it's that I've ever been to. It's nostalgia. Right, right. That's true. No, I've that's heard fair. I've heard it was very different back in the day. Like in the seventies, I think it was more or maybe even the sixties, like they actually had burlesque women. Whoa. Yeah, I mean you look look in the actual Whoa. past of it and it's funny. My dad likes to go. My dad's a very, very proud Texan. Every time we go, we'd see the whole estate, we go, There, there's your grandfather's name right there on the wall. Nice. See, he died at the Alamo. I'm like Oh, that's cool. I mean, I, I don't like that he died there. <laughs> That's not what's cool. But what's cool is you have that connection to Texas history. Oh, Dad loves it. Wow. What's his name? Who, who? I don't know. Something Burleson. <laughs> oh, oh, Burleson. I mean, yeah. he's got a town named after him. <laughs> yeah. What? Yep. That is fascinating. How are you going to let this? We just stumbled into that fun fact. <laughs> I mean, you should have led with that. That's pretty no, awesome. No, I don't think about it. Well, okay. uh, that's associated with the side of the family that I do not get along with mm, at all. They I'm don't like me. So. Okay. And it happens. It happens. You know, I mean, that's their loss, in my opinion. Yeah. I'm a good person. I'm fun. You know, if you want to make me the black sheep, then, hey, that's probably a good thing. 
When you talk about your mom's side of the family, I guess that's the side you get along with. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're almost all dead, though. But yeah. <laughs> it's kind of sad. Yeah. They, they live up in Knoxville, Tennessee. It's weird because okay. when I talk to my uncle, my voice changes to where it basically, if you've watched the show Justified, I sound so hills. It's not funny. <laughs> I mean. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you earlier. Do you try to change your voice a little bit between Alabama and Chicago news reports? Yes, it's best to have no accent. Yeah. None. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Unfortunately, when they talk to me, if if I've been talking to my father or my uncle, I don't have control over it because I mean I will just straight go, "Oh my God, I can't believe he did that." <laughs> See, now do I have an accent whatsoever? Be mm-hmm. honest. No. Okay. Not that I noticed. Because when I started going to school at the University of Nebraska in Lincoln, they were like, "Oh my gosh, man, you are from the South." <laughs> and then when I would go back home for Christmas break to the South, they'd be like, "Wow, you sound like a Yankee." And I'm like, "What is happening?" <laughs> and so for 25, 30 years now, I've thought, "Okay, what?" What do I sound like to people anyway? No, you don't have an accent. Not not very All prominent. All right. I lost mine by learning Japanese. Like yeah. You just, when you start learning a different language, you mm. just kind of lose it. But uh, to be fair, though, whenever I first started out in radio, they made me say W over and over. Because I was saying yeah. W. Yeah. W-B-A-P. <laughs> no, it's not W. It's W. Mm-hmm. W-W. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of stuck with me, too. The W. Yeah. So you taught yourself Japanese, but you can't read it? What is that all Cannot about? read it. I don't understand. Well, when you, you hear you people... Just, you can just speak it back and forth, but mm-hmm. you can't pick it up in a book or something. It's, Which, by it's, the way... It's very, very difficult. So you to... read it backwards or something, right? Or uh-huh. down up? or Yeah, what? It's, it it's backwards. Like, you read, like, mm-hmm. right to left. That's weird. Yeah. I'm trying to get my... Or is it left to right? I don't know. I can't see my... I cannot tell my left and my right. That is because my mother was determined to make me a righty. Mm. And because of that, I always have to hold up my hand and go, left. <laughs> It's weird. I don't know why. Huh. Okay. I'm sure everybody's like, oh my God, what a ditz. What a moron. In the... It's a real thing. Mm-hmm. It's a real thing. I mean, if you were really, I was, my father is left-handed and that's what I was supposed to be. I mean, she fought with making me a right-handed person all the way up to the third grade. Mm. Then after that, it's like, okay, which is which. It confuses you. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, then let's go through these though. Okay. You taught yourself how to play music. Mm-hmm. That's, that's interesting. Like, in other words, you can't read it. Nope, you just play it. it. Okay. Uh, we covered the Japanese stuff. Um, you were an ice skater. Mm-hmm. That looks tough. Oh, that was fun. It's yeah. best to learn whenever you're young. Yeah. Anything, like, if you're young, it's not as far to fall. Right. Even with skiing. My dad and I would go skiing, like, maybe once or twice a year. And I was really good at it. Mm-hmm. And the guy, the kid that we went with who I fought with all the time. We, we were both really good. We could go Not down. Not Leanne Rhymes. No, no. Good Lord, no, no, no. Very brief moment in my life that I knew her. Like I said, she probably does not remember me, which is good. Which is, that's good. fine. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I could do, like, Black Diamonds, which have the moguls yeah. and stuff oh like that. Yeah, oh, my gosh, yeah. Yeah, when you're young, you can do that. Mm. But now, it's like, ever since I broke my leg, I couldn't anyways. Cause, uh, yeah, I've got, how'd you like, break your leg? <laughs> oh, no. This is a Keith type injury that gets too embarrassing to tell the story. No, it's, it's kind of freakish. Oh, it was. I did not. After all these years of doing uh, overnight, I'm, look at me. I'm ghost. I'm ghostly pale. I've always been somebody that stays out of the sun because my father had skin cancer whenever he was 21. And they cut a little bit of something off of me when I was in my 20s. So after that, I was like, I'm staying out of the sun. Yeah. <laughs> and it's I just can't be out there. I'll burn. Right. But um, 
Oh my god, I just completely lost. What were you saying? Uh, we were <laughs> talking about uh, injuring, breaking your leg. Oh yeah, I apparently my vitamin D level was like in the single digits. So what's the highest it could be? Do you know? It's supposed to be in like I think the double or triple. Wow. I don't know. It's just I had so the break I suffered was something you would have in a car accident. What? Like what were you just walking down the road, or what happened? I was at one of Rob's friend's house and I already had a boot on the other leg because I kind of did a little hairline fracture of it. I slipped, fell, my leg went coming it just hit this the concrete. No. It broke into Oh gross. And I'm screaming and I yelling. Bet. We're at this one like podunk hospital and they're telling me to shut up. <laughs> You're gonna <laughs> need to shut up. And actually it was funny with the doctor that saw it, he goes, Oh my God, how have you been able to take it? I'm like, oh, very easily. <laughs> Immediately put me into surgery. Oh. I had to be in like a cage for at least a couple of months. When, oh, it was awful. When I did was, this happen? Recently? Or? Oh, no, no, no. Okay. It was back before Rob and I got married. Oh, okay. So I think, what, 2014? Mm. Yep, yep. He nodded yes. It was 2014. <laughs> Golly. Oh, it was awful. I don't even remember much of it. And I'm glad because it was good, so yeah. bad. Mm-hmm. But anytime anybody talks about opiates, I'm like, hey, you know what? If I didn't have oxycodone then yeah i don't think i could have done it because the pain was that bad yeah it was bad and that's another thing is again something i've probably mentioned before it just came to mind when you talked about that i had a relative who was big time southern baptist big time against any kind of marijuana well he got cancer Mm. and he told me that the only thing that brought him any kind of relief was medical marijuana and he changed his tune he went he turned on a dime and he said, you've got to allow this. Well, you know, these people, they keep pulling all these pain medications off the, you know, off the market. They're going to be in really bad shape when they're actually hurt because it's, there's not a whole lot left. I mean, right. honestly, I think you've got what, Vicodin. I can't even remember because I was in the hospital and they gave me something and they trick you now in the hospitals. Like I went to the ER. They actually want to see if you're an addict. They left a syringe out there because I refused pain medication because huh. I already felt like I was blocked up. I didn't want it. And I knew I was in pain, but I, I just didn't want pain meds. They left that syringe in that room. And I kept telling them, hey, Filled you guys left this. Killer. Yeah. And what like, they say? Oh, we'll get that. I just kept ignoring it. I'm like, whatever. If you think I'm going to act like somebody that's going to take it, I'm not. <laughs> wow. But that's, that's, it was weird. So... English equestrian, you did competition? My God. Just with just once, yeah. Uh-huh. Everything, my mom put me in just about everything. Tap, jazz, ballet, tumbling. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I've done all. Semi-finalist in the first video game competition. <laughs> what, what's that all about? Oh, man, that was back when they had The Wizard. That What's that? Don't you remember the movie with Fred Savage? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't yeah. see it, but uh-huh. I know what you're talking about. Okay, so well, they, they set up like a little pretend <laughs> competition thing at Fair Park. Okay. So, I mean, if you made a certain amount of points, then you got the t-shirt that said semi-finalist. Oh. And I was a little kid. I was like, yeah. Fun. Okay. I didn't get any further because I didn't understand it wasn't how far you got. It was how many points you accumulated. Mm. Like, you could have somebody sit there and just kick the turtle over and over again into the block. <laughs> and that's how they would get higher. I'm like, are you serious? I'm like, you know, like halfway in all these other worlds, way ahead. Bam, nope, you don't have bam, as many bam, points. Bam, 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 <laughs> Yep. Right. You're talking about kicking yep. the turtle, right? You're exactly. Talking about Mario. Okay. And then they debuted the one that you played at the end was Super Mario Brothers Three. 
Oh. Which again, that'd it, be fun. It made it say it was just basically like an advertisement for the wizard, which was an awful, awful movie. So it's not something I should go back and watch. Uh, I mean, it's 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 good nostalgia, mm-hmm. and, and you'll actually see some people I think in it. I think there's a couple of stars in it. And mm. You're like, whoa! Oh I wow! I like yeah. I like stuff like that when you go back and see an old movie. And go, oh, I didn't know he was in that. Yeah, I think there's a couple of them. When did your mom pass away? My mom passed away, I think, 2016. No. Oh. Yeah, it was just shock. She had uh, she'd been kind of acting strange for a while. My parents ended up getting separated, and she just um, she changed. Uh, she was really. I mean, it sounds funny now to say it. I don't know if Rob's ever told you the story of the dent in the back of the, the Lexus. I've got a dent there, and everybody comes by the house. It's like, oh well, we'll fix it. No, I don't want it fixed because my mom claimed that she hit a midget that my dad had hired. To steal stuff. Oh. <laughs> what? My mom was convinced that my dad had hired midgets to go in the house and steal stuff. My mom was a huge hoarder at the end. Uh. So she couldn't find anything anyways. I mean, she was just buying, buying, buying. But her uh, her cousin actually passed away from ovarian cancer about six months before that. And it was so aggressive, it had went to her brain. Oh, and I wish my father would have let me... And I should have just, you know, forced the issue anyways, because I was the one that had to make the decisions with her since I was the only one that was, you know, legally able to. I should have had a full autopsy done, but I didn't. Um, I, it was so devastating because when we, she went in on a Monday and she died. I think Monday or Tuesday and she died on Sunday. Oh, man. I mean, she, I, I was there. I, she would have passed away actually before then, but I had stayed the night with her and she uh, aspirated. So I immediately went and got somebody. I got to say goodbye to her right as they gave her the propofol. But I mean, it was, it was so tough. It was awful. Because my mom, she was very difficult to deal with at the end because she was so crazy. She was so convinced that my father was either trying to poison her or something. I mean, she ended up in the hospital one time and I'm trying to talk to the doctor saying, look, what do you think this is? My mom's not mentally ill. Mm-hmm. You know, it would have presented a long time ago. I'm like, this is pretty intense. It has to be a tumor of something. And then trying to figure out how to actually get the treatment or actually get her diagnosed. I would have to actually take over power of attorney, which she was crazy. So she would like mm-hmm. do crazy things. So I was afraid to take power of attorney because my God, you know, I would be responsible for it. Right. But yeah. yeah, because of that, we didn't even know it ran in the family. We had no idea because everybody else had a hysterectomy. And you can, it is actually the worst cancer because you don't know you have it until you have it. Unless you're looking for it, you're actually going in there and looking for it. By the time you know that you have it, it's already metastasized. Mm. And the ability to fight it is, it's really tough. It's very, it took mom real fast. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Tell us about, Mickey Dolan's of the monkeys breaking your <laughs> breaking your heart, and then William Shatner riding to the rescue. For you. Oh God, that was <laughs> it was fun. I didn't even know who he was. It didn't even dawn on me. You didn't know who William Shatner was. At well, the time. I think I did, but I was so upset because um, you I, were a big monkeys fan. Oh yeah, Nickelodeon had just ran the monkeys oh. the whole series back then. Okay, and I watched it from you know beginning to end, and I loved Mickey. I loved him. So he was coming to the auto show. Mom got me dressed up all perfect. And all right. Went up there and handed him the picture. He just signed it. Didn't even Never look, looked didn't up. Even look didn't up even look up. I was bawling. Oh. 
And then William Shatner is like right across the way, like on a kind of a platform. He comes down. He goes, "What's wrong?" I'm like, <laughs> how, "How old were you?" I think I was like maybe six. Aw, I was okay. young. I was like, Mickey doesn't he didn't like me. So, oh, come here. He put me <laughs> on his shoulders. We went and he goes, "Hey, Mickey." <laughs> oh, nice. He was awesome. I bet I mean, he looked up then. Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> Mom's like, you, do you know who he is? I'm like, no. She goes, Star Trek. I'm like, oh. oh. And ever since then, <laughs> my mom's like, I love William Shatner because of that. Because it was, cool. that was a cool thing. He's a great guy. That's cool. I love this answer. I've never had an answer even close to this. If you could go back in history, you'd go back and meet Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or Sam Kennison. Okay, yeah. Or definitely John Ritter. Oh, my uh-huh. God. I love that. I mean, those are actually celebrities that would be cool to meet that you wouldn't worry about them being complete jerks. But other than that, yeah, yeah. I don't want to go back in time. Go back and laugh as opposed to what you – I loved your answer because I had the same thought before <laughs> where you said, I, I'm not going to go play someplace like the Middle Ages where people don't bathe. <laughs> I think of that all the time. I think, my gosh, like if I'm watching some – some movie and it's set in that time. I'm like, I wonder what like it oh, you, smelled like right there. I'm so glad they didn't invent smell vision. Right? Oh my god, no. Right. Uh, well, I mean, I have such a low immune system. I'm like, I'd be dead. Oh. I didn't make it far in Oregon Trail. That's how I gauge it. <laughs> <laughs> I died of dysentery like it way. Is amazing <laughs> that the human species has procreated and 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 have has powered through before there were things like running water. And soap. Well, because you would just gain an immunity to it. I mean, if you go back there, you, would, you wouldn't have the antibodies for it. I'm not talking about the health. I'm talking about, <laughs> I ain't touching you. You smell like poop. I know. It's so <laughs> gross. I mean, it really, I, when I watch period stuff, I'm like, oh, yeah. God. I'll even say it to Robert. They have to smell. It was that one <laughs> show. Oh, my gosh. What was it? Deadwood. Okay. We were watching that because of all the bad language. The same word was said over and over and over. We were keeping a tally of how many oh. times they would say this word because I. That's how I got Robert to watch. It's like I have never heard this cuss word <laughs> used this much before in my entire life. Hold on, hold on. What word is it? I haven't seen it. Sucker. <laughs> I swear I've never heard the word said as many times. <laughs> we started keeping a tally. There was one episode. <laughs> What episode? Were, I think there was like what twenty or thirty <laughs> in one episode. I mean, it was hilarious. <laughs> I mean, that is awesome. Like the conversation was woo woo. I'm about to this whole sucker. What? Who? What? Sucker. <laughs> over and over, and we're just going. I'm uh, like, I cannot believe how many times that they're wow. saying this. That's. But you're watching it at the same time. I'm like, my God, you know they have to read. They have to smell. Right back in the 1800s Ugh, or whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But that is a good series, by the way. You should check it out. All right. What's it on? Uh, HBO. Okay. So, your most embarrassing moment involves some arsonist. Oh, God. And then, and then like, uh, this it was is sad. A... I mean, I don't like the fact that somebody <laughs> torched your dad's store. Yeah. Actually, we come, Ugh. come to find out the guy that actually burnt down our store was trying to get my grandfather. Apparently, he had a disagreement with him. And my dad's a little red. And your dad's a what? Little red. Little Red's Antiques. Oh, okay. And my grandfather's Big Red's Antiques. Oh. Well, they thought it was the same thing. Oh, no. Yeah, so they burn it. Antiques burned to the ground. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. What? I mean, think about that. That's all this wood. I mean, back then. I hope there was we insurance. Were... Yeah. Okay. No. No? What? Mm-mm. 
No. Plus, we were out beyond the fire line, too. So you That's why you couldn't get protection. insurance. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Oh, my gosh. So it burnt down. That had to be devastating for your family. It was. It was scary for a while. That's why my parents sent me away to school was because, you know, they were starting to get phone calls from jail. They found out their employees had been working from them since the early 70s had been stealing, like, a lot. Oh, no. And, of course, you know, there was very little they could do about it. But, yeah, my dad was being interviewed. I think... I, I almost want to think, was Deborah Ferguson maybe? I don't know. It was somebody. It was live. I had no idea they were actually live at the moment. And I was just being stupid. I went in one side of the building. And I said, oh, there's a clock face. Maybe I can, like, get it out. So I'm pulling. And I'm pulling. So I got it. Beam fell out. All of a sudden, oh, and it's smoke. On the news. Oh, yeah, in the background. You can see them both turning going. I walk out on <laughs> Oh, no. Sorry. Oh, that could have killed you. <laughs> yeah. Right? Oh, God. Oh, I was dumb. Like My dad gave me a camcorder to actually go, because I was so tiny, I could just go in little areas where other people couldn't. I can't even watch the video, because it's like so, it reminds me of Blair Witch. Right. Like, it makes me sick, I can't watch it. Uh, moves too much. And were you guys able to salvage anything from that mm -mm. disaster? Ugh. No, we got, uh, I think even the aluminum outside of the store was warped. But my dad, bless his heart, he, you know, he he got some other furniture and his supplier for uh, aluminum, some, some stuff up. He just moved to a building down at the very end and they built back. But this time when they built back, they did not have the buildings together. They had them separate. And it's funny because the building was destroyed back before I was born. I think in 79 by a tornado, my dad was in that store when the tornado ripped the whole part of it off uh, the roof Whole half of it off and threw it back on my grandfather's building. Oh. Oh, they had some awesome pictures of it, but of course they burnt up in the fire. Oh, of course. Oh, my gosh. But antiques just aren't what they used to be. Uh, Not they, anymore. Did they catch the guy? Mm -mm. What? Nope. We don't know who did this? We know, but I I think he was either dead or already in jail. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, how about regrets? <laughs> Any you want to share with us here? Honestly, when I, I mean, I've tried to think a lot on that. I mean, we can skip this. No, I, I have a good answer for it. My father and I saw this movie, Mr. Destiny, whenever I was a kid. And the way it was explained is if you choose one thing and you change it, then your life goes spinning off in a whole different direction. So right. if I would have gone back and changed something, then I would have never met Robert. You know, mm. would have never had my cat Rama. I would have never experienced the things. I'd be a completely different person. Mm. I mean, I can't say I'm happy. You know, I hate the fact that I can't have kids. I hate that. But if it would have altered where I am right now, yeah, then I wouldn't. I wouldn't change anything. I wish I would have spent more time with my mom. Yeah. But again, that's one of those fixed moments in time. There was even if I went back, I couldn't stop it. There was no way to stop it. It's it's just a fixed point. And I tried. We we actually. We're reconnecting a little bit before she died. Like she was actually that week supposed to help me make dip for Robert and mm. was actually going to meet Robert. She never got to meet him. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Really sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That's why when you have people tell them you love them and mm. even if you, they get on your nerves, you know, just know one day they're going to be gone. And Yeah. You don't know. Yeah. You have no idea. Okay. Um. 
You want to tell us what's in your Amazon cart right now? Oh, geez. I think I cleared it out again. I had a bunch of different desks. <laughs> Because we're always trying to find something to replace the desk that we have right now for me. Because, I mean, it's like one I've had since... Wait a minute. You had, quote, a bunch of different desks? That oh, yeah. poor Amazon delivery guy. Oh, yeah. That had been a wonderful day for him. We've learned our lesson about, like, ordering stuff like that. We did that with Wayfair. It's still sitting in the box. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm going to together. Have... You build it. You build it. Oh, build it's it. complicated. Yeah. I can't. My brain is not capable. I don't know if we could put it... I Look... I struggle putting together anything. Most of the time, I'm usually like, where are these parts supposed to go? Mm -hmm. That of the bookshelf would be leaning or backwards or something. I recently put together for my grandmother this clothes hanger thing, right? it's Think about it. It's pretty simple, right? You yeah. got the bar of the uh, across the top. You got the two poles. You got some wheels down here. And you got like a bottom shelf. I mean, as simple as it comes. And I did it. And it wasn't amazingly... It had some challenging moments, but I was able to successfully create this thing. And people are listening going, what? That's like, what did it take you? Five minutes? You know, whatever. I mean, it took a while, a little bit. Don't ask. Don't worry about it. <laughs> My point is, I, ha I have never, I don't even remember the last time I was so proud of myself for accomplishing something. So I'm with you when it's something like a desk or something oh, yeah. with like 500 parts and diagrams and and then you know And I'm you... telling you they are printing the print smaller. I right. I'm telling you they are. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Cuz I'm like going, "Oh my god, I know." Yeah. And, and... I, I guess I'll need reading glasses cuz I'm like, "What the?" Yeah. Oh, I'm with you, but you know you're in trouble when there are parts that have more than one letter. Wait a minute. We're going to get in the double letters. We're doing like what what why do I have to look for part MM? Yeah, no, I was like, wait, no, come on. They have that now with just like a cat tower, like assembling a cat tower. <laughs> you would on. think you'd just look at the instructions and, or just look at the box. Right. No, they're no. more involved than that, especially. And it's a written by somebody who <laughs> uses English as like a fourth language. Yeah. <laughs> Can I get a preposition here? Because it totally screws up the entire process. I would use the old joke like from Beetlejuice. It reads like stereo instructions. Ooh. <laughs> Like, oh, you that totally dated me. That totally dated me. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both. Okay. Well, I tell you what. Nikki Whaley, the wife of Rob Borowski, who is a big part of Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio and TV Networks. Uh, you can find her on Twitter and Instagram at DFW Radio Girly. See, I did that. I did the <laughs> You saw I did the W. Exactly, exactly. See, I, I want to say W, but no, it's W. I can't think of what it, I think mine on Instagram is complicated. It's like Nikki underscore Whaley. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. <laughs> so DFW Radio Girly on That's, Twitter. Uh huh. And on Instagram, it's different? Yeah, I think it's oh. like Nikki underscore Whaley Nikki underscore Borowski. Okay. Well, you didn't put that. It says DFW Radio Girly. Oh, and on Instagram. <laughs> but it still doesn't say the It didn't print. Rob didn't email me your answers. <laughs> Rob printed up your answers and missed a page. Well, he wanted to show you how I, it, this is a, this is just kind of like how I am. I will not look at the instructions. I'm like getting through it and I go back to the beginning. It says brief. I'm like, oh God. Uh oh. And I was just on a, I was in a writing mood. You know, I'd just been finishing my shift. So of course I've already been writing. So I'm just mm, going away. Hold on. <laughs> you do this for me. Um, Count how many pages that is over there. Because I'm going to make you feel better. Two, three, four, five, six. 
Okay, six pages. So don't feel bad because, <laughs> like you said, I ask for very brief answers. You need to put that in like super, super bold. Super even bold. though, even though you have it in all caps, the very yeah, like it really needs to stand needs to be out. bold. Like, okay, like, even maybe raise the actual yeah, like, make it be like yeah, sixteen. Okay, <laughs> right. Because the record for longest response email to these questions that I expect to be no more than two pages long, right? <laughs> now you got six there. What do you think the gregarious and has a lot to say Joe Bastardi, previous guest on At The Mic, how many pages do you think his answers were? Got to guess? Remember. 20? 19. Good oh, job. Oh, I was close. It's 19. I was close. And, and it's... It's not that big of a font. It's just, I mean, come on, Joe. I love him to death. Oh, you know what? I'm looking here. He put in some pictures. He actually, now that I look here. Okay, so hold on. So let's take out the pictures here. Hold on. It still would have been 15 easy. Yeah, I was going to attach, I was going to attach the screenshots of the cart. Uh Uh-huh. But, I mean, I I made them. I just didn't attach them. That's cool. No, no. So uh, you got to go and listen to that Joe Bastardi interview, y'all. Anyhow, Nikki Whaley, I appreciate it. We cover everything today? Oh, yeah. All right. Very good. Nikki Whaley, you can find her um, on Twitter at DFW Radio Girly and on Instagram. <laughs> I don't know. It didn't print up. Uh, what, was it? what was it again? I think it's Nikki, Nikki underscore Whaley underscore Borowski. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining me on Anthem. Thanks. <laughs> It was so great to sit down with Nikki, have a good conversation there. What a It's a radio family, her and Rob, a radio power couple, if you will. Uh, it was great uh, getting a chance to talk with her. Now, in the next episode of At The Mic, we're going to sit down for a conversation with a behind-the-scenes Blaze co-worker of mine, Case Dugan. Chances are you're familiar with Case's handiwork. You just may not realize it. We're going to sit down with him a week from now. Now, in the meantime, I hope you'll take a moment to rate and review this podcast. Hopefully, you'll give it five stars over at Apple iTunes or Spotify. Feel free to drop us a note through the website at themikeshow.com. And don't forget the YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash at the mic with Keith. Your subscribing over there would be so greatly appreciated. Now, before you rate, before you review, before you subscribe, you know there's one thing I really hope you will do. Please go be free. And thank you for listening. This has been At The Mic with Keith, an independent podcast production. Head to atthemikeshow.com for archived episodes, sponsor information, and ways to connect.